Welcome to the American Grown Podcast, hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. Hi, I'm Austin Sullivan. This is the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Today, we have Jessica Malloy, owner of Palmyra Greenhouse and Powerlifting's world record holder. Jessica, welcome to episode 29 of the American Grown Podcast. Thanks. Hi. Welcome, Jessica. Um, I found out about you and your flower truck, Rosie, the red truck, uh, from my wife and mother-in-law. They used to play cards with you and, and your mom. I think they still do. Correct. Yeah. I knew Courtney when she was in Debbie's belly. So yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, We've known them for a very long time. Yep. Awesome. I love the outfit. I wanted to mention (laughs) that and your ring, which we'll have pictures up on social media, but you're definitely like all about flowers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we're going to get into that. So let's get some background. Uh, Where'd you grow up and, you know, high school and, and stuff like that. So, um, I was born in Ohio, about 45 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. And my mom and dad divorced when I was young, and she moved out here when I was 10. So I was in fourth grade. So we moved to Hershey, and I went to Hershey from fourth till I graduated. Um, and that's where I met my husband. So my husband and I are high school sweethearts. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I started dating him when I was 15. He was 16. So, yeah. The move from Ohio was because of family or because of work? Do you, do you remember? I mean, I guess you're really young. Um, it was for my mom's. Uh, she got a job. Her sister's husband ended up getting yeah. a job out here and then could hire her. Um, so, yeah, we moved out here without really knowing anybody except my aunt and uncle and my, yeah. at that point, two cousins. Gotcha. The reason yeah. I ask is it seems like a lot of people, especially in Lebanon County, which I don't know why, it gets a bad rap. Everybody wants to leave Lebanon County or, like, <laughs> leave Pennsylvania. So I just found it interesting. But I think it's a beautiful state, and there's a lot of opportunity here. It's just you have to put the work in and, you know get after it yeah i really like living in this area you know we're close to everything within you know a couple hour drive even like the beach we didn't go to the beach when i lived in ohio is you know a really long drive and now you can get there in what three hours right you know so yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, philly pittsburgh new york i mean all the big cities dc yeah heck yeah when you moved what was what was that like the move here to pennsylvania like in school were you into sports music art what was your thing I hated when we moved here. (laughs) I was very mad at my mom. I'm an only child and she's a single mom. Um, So I grew up with cousins, you know, a large Italian family. And I lived five doors down from my cousin who is a month younger than me. And so we were best friends. We were like sisters, you know, her parents disciplined me. My mom disciplined her, you know, like I had like double parents. Um, So when we moved, I just felt alone. Like she had taken me away from everybody, you know, my dad my cousins, all my aunts and uncles, but I was young and didn't know. And now I look back and I think that was probably obviously the best thing she could have ever done. Um, and how strong she had to be to make that decision, you know, to take me out of it. It's, It's just not the greatest area as far as jobs and things like that it's a lot of um drugs and alcohol and, you know, very, not a whole lot of stuff going on. Um, so it, I look at her now and I think, wow, she was only 30 and she made that decision to move us here. I mean, she only had her sister. So, yeah, I'm obviously glad. But at the time, it was very, very hard. And no, I never did any kind of sports. Again, she was a single mom. We didn't have the money or the time. She would work and come home and make dinner and that was our day. So, yeah, I once once I got into high school, though, and had friends that drove and stuff, we you know, I did a whole lot more than when I was younger. But, yeah, my husband actually was the first to take me you know horseback riding and skiing and to the, my first circus oh, he's wow. the one that taught me how to drive and you know he yeah. did a lot of what's um, his what's his name his name's patrick oh shout out to patrick yeah, yeah. awesome okay and is he from the area is he pennsylvania yes he grew oh, cool. up yeah born in the same house that he you know moved oh, out of awesome. when we got married yeah so yeah oh cool so yeah i mean you're so right for your, your your mom to make such a big move but obviously there was reason and and it, she felt it was necessary and then to have that support system or support circle around her with her sister right you had mentioned um, i'm sure that definitely helped so you met your husband in high school mm-hmm. and yes. high school sweethearts yes Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And was he into sports or anything like that? Do you remember? Um, not when I met him. I know, you know, just he played soccer and stuff at a okay. younger age. But yeah. Um, no, we 
and not really into any extracurricular, you know, no music, no band, no, yeah, nothing like that. So, no, I was boring. All right. No, no, I mean, <laughs> hey, everyone's got different stories. Yeah. But the reason I'm, I'm trying to hint about the sports is then how did you, and maybe we're jumping ahead, maybe there's more you can fill me in on. How did you get into powerlifting and being <laughs> exactly. a world record holder? Exactly. I mean, that's a like a jump from, no, I'm not really doing any sports or anything, but you're a, you know, a world record holder. Yeah. Yeah. When my son was younger, um, I needed exercise. I needed, you know, to get away. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom, which is hard work. Um, so I started running. This is kind of going off the subject. But anyway, <laughs> I started yeah. running. Um, couldn't really run, you know, all but half a mile. Oh, I hate running. I hate, <laughs> I hate it. running. Oh. Um but I set myself a goal and I kept growing. Anyway, I decided to sign up for a marathon. It was the one of the hardest things I've ever done. You did a um, marathon. I did a marathon. And afterwards, I said, I am never running again. Yeah. So, <laughs> Put that to bed. Yeah. That's not happening. Been there, done that. Yeah. Um, I was like, but I need to do something or, you know, I can't get lazy. So there was a CrossFit gym down the street from me. Um, so I was like, well, let me just try that. And I went there um, not knowing anybody, not knowing much about CrossFit except like what's on TV, you know, the yeah. ropes and, you know. They're, they can be pretty intense. Flipping tires and right. stuff like yeah. that. I was Big like, well, that's cool. Yeah. Girls, yeah. So I went there. And I loved it. And I fit in right away. You know, the runners all have, you know, those skinny legs and, you know, they're, right. they're short shorts and that is not how I'm built. Mm-hmm. And so when I went there, I was like, these girls, you know, they kind of look like me, the bigger thighs, the, you know, broader shoulders. Yeah. So I felt comfortable and started with CrossFit. And then, so actually February was just 10 years that I started that. So okay. it was in 2013. And so... <laughs> I don't know, about two years into it, I started realizing that I was strong. I mean, I was, what, 38 at the time, and I had never known that I was strong, which, I mean, you know, I always figured that these thighs were good for something, Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, so like when I, at the time, we would put like our weights and our workouts on the board, and you know, you can compare, and I could out squat some of the guys, and I was like, okay, this is cool, you know, I'm an old woman, and here I am, you know. Um, so actually the owner of the gym at the time, um, said, did you ever think about powerlifting? And I was like, Oh, maybe, what does that mean? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. What is powerlifting? Right. So it's just three movements. It's a back squat, bench press and deadlift. And those were all three things that I was pretty good at, you know, at the gym. So he said, well, why don't we try to train and just do, you know, real casual, um, competition type of thing. Now with powerlifting, there's lots of different federations, and some of the federations allow PEDs, you know, performance enhancement drugs. Okay. Um, some of them, just like uh, strongman, some of them yeah. y- you're allowed to do. Didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't want to, to do any of those. Yeah, it doesn't seem fair in my <laughs> no. opinion. I don't right. know. Yeah. So I would only compete in ones that did drug testing. Okay. Um, oh, and wow. So, yeah. So, so legit. I mean, drug yeah, testing, everything. Right. And, um, and I know, just real quick, 38's not old, and I don't think you're old now. I mean, like I said, 10 years, um, because it's being... Like at 32 this October, like I think if you hit 70, then you're getting a little old. Right. So well, can I we agree view, on that? I view it way differently now that I'm, oh, yeah, right. it'll be 50 in a few years. When you said 38's <laughs> old, you know, back then or whatever, this old lady at the gym, I'm like, whoa, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, so um, so continue. So they have drug testing. Those are the only competitions you would enter. So it's it's this legit thing. Very serious, you right. know. Um, yeah. And you're lifting heavy weight. Correct. So people yeah. can get hurt and everything. Right. Yeah. And honestly, some of it's interesting, again, because the different federations allow different things. You know, some people, I don't know if you know anything about um, powerlifting, but there's like squat suits and there's deadlifting suits and those help you to get, you know, higher numbers. But I'm not going to not have a suit and compete against someone who does because I would, you know, totally not be able to compete like that. And and so what does the suit do? I've seen them, I think, but what edge does it give? They're, They're really rigid. And so, you know, when you put the weight on your back and you go down, you actually go down really, really slow. And then they tell you when to pop up. And then it's so much easier to get up out of that hole. Oh, okay. So it kind of like compresses and helps. Yes. Um, And the one um, federation I went into didn't even allow knee sleeves. So it was like basically you could only wear a belt. So there was no other help. Some of them, like in a deadlift suit, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched it, but sometimes people can't even bend over. Like you're, wow. you know, look, I'm doing it like you can see me, but yeah. you're up and then you have to like literally be 
anyway. And so, so it's much easier than to pull yourself to a standing position. I see. So in, it's like with, tight, like you said, rigid. It, yeah. It's made to maybe like help you explode up, it yes. sounds like. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Same with the bench. I mean, they have these bench suits where these people have to get put into. It's so funny to watch. Wow. And they literally are like this walking around. Yeah, because their arms can't yeah, move Yeah, because they can't move. Yeah. So then when you pick it up, and the, obviously the weight helps bring it down to you. Right. But then it helps then explode up. Helps so okay. I've never done those. The suits are expensive, and I didn't feel like, yeah. you know. So I trained at the CrossFit gym that I worked at or, you know, was going to. My husband ended up joining me a year later. Oh, nice. Um, so he also does CrossFit with me. Do you want to shout out the name of the gym? Is oh, it... yeah. CrossFit Hershey. CrossFit Hershey. Okay. Um, it's not in Hershey. It's actually um, in an... it's an Anvil address, but it's in Palmyra, yeah. and it's called CrossFit Hershey. Is it by... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that'll throw you for a loop. Yeah, exactly. Um, is it by in the net? Isn't there? Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah, I can picture it. Over there. Yeah. The community is awesome. And so... Once I started competing a couple of times and realized that this was something that I was getting better at and wanted to maybe go further. So powerlifting isn't in the Olympics like um, weightlifting is. So you've probably seen like the snatch and the clean and jerk. That's called weightlifting. Um, And that's in the Olympics. But powerlifting is not. The highest you can get in powerlifting is, is the Arnold Sports Classic, which is actually going on right now. Um, it's still Sunday. Yeah, it's going on right now. It's in Columbus. It's oh, every wow. year. And it's like the, you know, the strong men go there and obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger's there. Yeah. Um, and they have, you know, all kinds of stuff there. And so that's like the highest you can get within powerlifting. So I set my goal to okay. go there and compete. So So how, just, I guess, I don't know, it's probably a long journey, but what were the steps? How did you, because I, I did a little research and like we talked before the recording, I had looked up IPA because I only knew that as a beer term. I didn't know that that stood for the yeah International Powerlifting Association. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, what's IPA and how does this all work? I know there's like York Barbell uh, down in, in York, PA off of Route 83. And how was that journey? I got to the Arnold. I was 42. 40, 42. Gosh, it all runs together. Anyway, I was in my 40s. I was the oldest woman that was competing in powerlifting. There at the Arnold, I mean. Um, I think it was XPC was the power lifting association that went to the Arnold that I competed with. Um, the IPA doesn't go to the Arnold. Again, because there's so many federations, there's so many different um, branches to, to mm-hmm. get to and go through and all okay. of that stuff. It was an interesting journey. I had to stop crossfitting because it's very difficult to grow your fitness and also grow your strength. You know, I learned a lot about your body and what yeah. it can do and what... So, like... The more cardio you do, it can basically burn your muscles away. And you oh, can't, wow. you won't necessarily be as strong. There, you know, there's like this fast twitch muscles and then there's slow twitch muscles. And it's, yeah. it's all very confusing. And I thank God I had a, a good coach. So that, there's a science behind it. It's not oh, just definitely. like go bench 300 pounds or exactly. go squat like 400. There's some science and some, I'm sure, some eating habits and different things like uh, that. Yes. And yeah. that is why. Um, I stopped <laughs> because right. it's, it's really hard. It's hard on your body, especially being, you know, close to 40 and then in my 40s. You know, it was a lot of massa- having to get massages and make sure that you get enough rest and enough water. And But then also I had to cut weight every time I went um, because there's weight classes. And so, oh, wow. you know someone who's you know super heavyweight isn't going to compete against someone who weigh, only weighs 150 I guess pounds. that makes sense. Because yeah. mass moves mass. Yeah. Um, heavier people tend to be stronger. I wanted to compete at a certain weight, but I trained a little heavier than my than okay. my competing weight, and so I would always have to water cut the like three days beforehand, and that was terrible. And I was so mean, and no one wanted to be around me. Um, so, <laughs> well, when you say water cut, like I picture in high school, I didn't, I wasn't a wrestler, but you had to wear like a black trash bag, and the guys would be running, <laughs> the girls would be running and sweating and, and things like that. Is that kind of what uh, water kind cut? of? Uh-huh. The, the science that people find out about things. So you basically can flush your body with a ton of water and don't eat anything. So I would drink about two gallons of water for two days and you then would stop drinking, but your body's still flushed. Yeah. So that would dehydrate you, like, Whoa. quote unquote, naturally. Right. Um, but it wasn't natural. It was terrible for you to do. And that it was terrible for your body. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you couldn't, you know, not eating and then being, you know, first of all, you pee like every half hour and that's oh, a pain. Wow. But then afterwards, you know, you're so thirsty and you can't drink until you have a way in. And anyway, so I did that with almost every competition and that just got oh, really that's brutal. old. Yeah. yeah. And I would cut within those like um, three days before I would cut probably a good seven to eight pounds that way. 
But as soon as you drink okay. or eat something, you yeah. can, you know, it would come back on. It wasn't a natural, you yeah. know, it wasn't like I was losing fat. I was dehydrating myself. Wow. Just to get that weight. Just to get the weight. Yeah. So going into the Arnold, like what weight class? And then once you're there, is it a team? Like, did you bring people with you? Was your husband there? Is he competing or is it just you? It was just me. Um, no one else from my gym was doing powerlifting. I actually didn't have anyone else. Like, my mom didn't go. My coach didn't go. I mean, to get to Columbus is, what, eight hours or whatever? Yeah. In March. Like, who wants to be in Columbus in right. March? Right. Know? So it was an interesting experience. I mean, I met some great people. I'm still friends with a lot of the people. And then I ended up, you know, it's funny because I went into the thinking, I don't care if I win. I just want to hit a certain total, you know, right. like that to me is winning, beating my previous numbers oh, yeah, and definitely. things like that. Like, I don't care if I win. I ended up winning, but not hitting the numbers I wanted to hit. So it was oh. kind of like a mind game. Yeah. Because I was like, yay for winning. But like, I didn't really do what I wanted to do, you right. know. Um, But nonetheless, you know, I have a trophy that says that I competed awesome. at the Arnold and I won first class, you know, at, or first place in my weight class. So and being the oldest woman that was, you know, lifting was pretty cool too. So, yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. And yeah. not a lot of people can say that, you know? Right. And so yeah. like the the world records and the state records that I hold, I it, it sounds like a lot, but they're within different um, federations and also different age classes. So I could, okay. when when you're between 35 and 40, you're considered a submaster. So I set some world records and some of them um, as a submaster. And then when I hit 40 to 45, you're considered a master. So I have some. So at the time I was competing, I haven't looked lately if yeah. someone beat my world records, but I had um, 26 pennsylvania state records and then i had 12 world records wow and over different federations yeah. like three different federations oh, that's yeah. so cool because it's not something you hear about all the time right and right here in you know little lebanon county yeah and i love being a strong female and you know a lot of people are like oh females shouldn't live because they're gonna get bulky or they're gonna get uh ripped or they're gonna look like a man oh, you know geez. it is really really hard for a woman to get ripped and look like a man um, as much as I would love to have definition in my legs or my arms, um, you know, I'm super strong and I'm probably stronger than some people who are ripped, but it does take a lot. You know, it's a lot of dedication, a lot of eating correctly to oh, look like that versus, you know, so I mean, who, you know, whatever floats your boat, but for people to say that you're going to look like a man because you lift heavy isn't yeah. true. I've had pull over and um, help someone push their car out of the way, you know, by myself yeah. as a woman, because I can, you know what I mean? And right. I don't need someone else to help me. Um, so oh, I love it. And yeah. it's a shame that that stigma is out there that it's like, Oh, if you lift and you're a woman, yeah, you're going to be a guy or you're going to grow a beard and you right, know, right. You're, yeah, it's like, where's that even coming from? Like, yeah, we're all built differently and, and everyone's different. Exactly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I mean, my husband, because, yeah. you know, now I, so it's funny because at the Arnold, I was sitting there waiting to get my award and I texted my coach and I said, I'm done powerlifting. I'm back to CrossFit. That's it. I, yeah. It was kind of like running the marathon. Like I've been there, done that. You let's go it. back. Right. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. Um, because I just, the community of the CrossFit gym, um, I missed working out with people. And I also could really tell that my fitness was going down, you know, like walking upstairs was a little harder for me as far as yeah. you know breathing heavier than it was when i was more fit as right. opposed to being strong, strong. they're two yeah. totally different things and so i'm still doing crossfit now and my husband does do it with me like i said um but it's so funny because he and i are completely different on what we're good at at the gym like i am stronger than my husband but he can do pull-ups and burpees and oh, all burpees. like the body i know all the body weight movements yeah. he is crazy good at and i can't do a pull-up because i'm fat <laughs> So pull-ups are hard. <laughs> pull-ups well, you're are really more muscle. Hard. You're more strong. I have more to pull up. <laughs> there you go. Exactly right. So that's that's. I mean, you're a badass. You can push a car. Right. You can right. push a freaking car. <laughs> you know. Oh man. You know, throughout your life and th so far, and then throughout all the uh, lifting and your experiences, do you have any mentors? Anyone that you want to shout out? Anyone you want to mention um, that's helped you along your way? Yes and no. I mean, not a mentor as far as like in in the field, but like obviously my mom. You know, she. When you're a kid, you don't appreciate what your parents do or, or anything. You don't even understand life you're as naive. a kid. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, you know, for her to do what she did at such a young age by herself with a daughter, it, I just don't know if I could be, be that strong. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I'm physically strong, but I don't know mentally, mentally. you know, like right. 
she had it tough, you know, she had a tough growing up. And then her and my dad had a very rocky relationship. I think I told you my dad is a drug addict, uh, was a drug addict. He, he has passed away and he was abusive. And oh, so she had a lot to deal with as far as that goes, you know, and yeah. trying to, I mean, there were times that we didn't have electricity because he used the money for drugs. And oh my God. I mean, it was tough and she knew that it, it needed to change, yeah. you know? So she got out of that situation, um, but it couldn't have been easy. And then I was such a bitch to her when we moved, you know, because well, I was miserable. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I thought she did it to be mean. And, you know, yeah, and, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was the furthest no. thing from that. Exactly. You know, and, and that's it is a shame. And it's it's tough because addiction changes people. Yeah. Completely. But for your, your mom to say, look, this is what we're doing. It's going to better the lives of my daughter and, and her, you know, that is a huge step. Yeah. That's huge. And uh I think you, if you had to do it, I think you could do it because I think I think you're very mentally not only strong, but I think you are mentally tough. Just from the little I know you, I would like to think so. But you know, I think yeah. um, about you know if I ever lost my husband, I mean he's like he's my rock, so he'd be the other mentor or whatever. Yeah, you yeah, call definitely. It. You know he. I feel like it's definitely made me a better person. Um, you know, I, I'm not a very patient person and he, com we are completely opposites. Put that Yin way. And yang, you know, yeah. I will talk to anybody anywhere about anything. He would rather not. You know? yeah. <laughs> he would rather sit and, and observe and things like that. And um, at home, obviously I'm, you know, I'm the talker and I'm more of the aggressive, you know, personality where he's, he's reserved. Oh, definitely he's not. More reserved. Yeah. Yeah. But we compliment each other. And, you know, and I think I've taught him some things. And he's definitely taught me some things. And I really believe I'm a better person um, yeah. for him being in my life. So, Perfect. And again, yeah. shout out to Patrick. Yeah, shout, shout out, to, out Patrick. to Patrick. Cool. <laughs> so your powerlifting, you said, all right, you know, it's time for a change. You, 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 you're a world record holder. You've done it all. So then how did... Palmyra Greenhouse and Rosie, which there's going to be pictures because I saw the trucks out front here <laughs> at the shop. How did that come about? It's interesting because it came about by accident. This was never meant to be a business. Um, so during COVID quarantine, you know, um, it was May, Mother's Day weekend, and no one could do anything. You know, we couldn't go anywhere. Right. Everything was closed. And so I was like, well, I'm going to plant sunflower seeds. And it was the first time I've ever, like I did yard work, you know, I pulled weeds, I mowed the lawn, stuff yeah. like that. But as far as like gardening, I wasn't, didn't really do that. But I spent hours out back planting all these sunflower seeds, um, on mother's day. And the next day I went out to water them and the squirrels had dug them all up. There were oh, holes fuck. everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I jokingly said, well, I'm going to need somewhere to germinate seeds. I didn't even know what germinating seeds yeah. was. <laughs> what what? Like, I was like, but again, we were bored. And I was like, well, right. what do you do? Like, yeah. you know, so I just yeah. went on, you know, on Pinterest, love Pinterest. And so okay. I went on and there are, you know, ways to make these greenhouses um, in your backyard. So I jokingly kind of sent them to my husband and I was like, hey, look, this, look how cute this would look really yeah. great in our backyard. And they're basically made out of old wooden like windows from barns. And luckily his family owns um, a farm out in Campbelltown and they had gotten new windows and they had all their old windows in Perfect. there. So like yeah. three days later, he comes home with a truck full of windows. Wow. Um, so yeah, I said that to him on a Tuesday. Okay. Um, and then on Friday, he came home with a truck full of windows. And by Saturday, we were at Lowe's buying up like all the lumber <laughs> to make this yeah. greenhouse. So yeah, that was like our little spring project. Um, again, because mostly I think because we were bored. There was nothing else right. going on. You know, we couldn't do yeah. anything. And it was cute. You know, it was the, the idea about it. And I remember... So I'm also really huge into Christmas, like okay, insane decorating, like Chevy Chase um, Christmas. And yeah, all we have thirty thousand lights outside. Yeah, it's wow. it's crazy. Um, okay. So as we're building this in May into June, mm -hmm. um, I just keep thinking this is gonna look so cute decorated for Christmas. I mean, it wasn't even Christmas season, but yeah. I was preparing. You're envisioning you know, I, it, right. I was like, this is what we're gonna do here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously I was posting a lot on Facebook, you know, all, all of the cute pictures and all the updates on my um, greenhouse. And I thought my friends are going to hate me. So I'm going to make my own oh, page right, right. for the greenhouse. Because their feeds are going to be full of yeah, what you're of, doing with yeah, the greenhouse. Yeah. Right? And I thought gotcha. if they want to see what I'm doing, they can follow my page. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just haphazardly called it Palmyra Greenhouse. I mean, we're in Palmyra. It was a greenhouse. Makes sense. That was it. You know yeah. what I mean? I was, it was, and so 
looking back, if I would have turned this into a business, it would never have been called Palmyra Greenhouse. <laughs> no. Just to let you know. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just, again, it just kind of all happened. So, right. yeah. So it was done in May and June. Um, inside, all these cute little decorations that I, you know, again, bored at work. So I'm on Amazon shopping online. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Come like November, I'm like, I'm going to start decorating for Christmas. And obviously posting a lot on my Facebook page. And someone said to me, can I take family photos at your greenhouse okay. for picture, you know, for Christmas? And I was like, hmm, yeah, might as well have idea. someone else enjoy my, you yeah. know, hard work and stuff. They appreciate it. Right? Yeah. Well, that just took off. So I had, we had hundreds of people through our backyard. I was going to say, this is time. in your backyard, Yes, right? it's in our backyard. And I live right. in town, Palmyra. So it's not like okay. I live on acreage, you know, like I yeah. literally live in People are just parking downtown. along the streets and everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but because it was during COVID and because, you know, people needed to stay six feet apart, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So I would, I ended up having schedule, you know, so people would contact me. I'd be like, well, hey, you can come Saturday at 2.15. Yeah. You're here for 15 minutes. Then we turned into a, a fundraiser. Oh. So when we started collecting like 20 bucks yeah. for 15 minutes. Um, and then we ended up donating the money to the local school district. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So we ended up dating, well, donating cool. over $2,000 um, to yeah. families. We, we ended up buying um, gift cards to Weiss for people oh, who needed, perfect. you know, holiday food. Yeah. But like we had photographers coming and doing like their mini sessions. So they would rent out like four hours at a time. And then they had people coming wow. in and out and things like that. Again, though, I thought, well, that's it. I'm done. Like this Christmas yeah. is over. And then two of the photographers were like, well, when are you going to decorate for Easter? I'd love to come back. And I'm like, I don't decorate for Easter. Yeah. Like who decorates you're for just, Easter? You're just big into Christmas. Right. <laughs> right? Who decorates yeah. for Easter? Yeah. Right. So yeah. I said to my husband, well. If people are interested and they're willing to pay me, like maybe right. we have something here. Yeah, because it's you your know. time to set it up and exactly. decorate it properly. And exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I was like, but if we're going to do it, I want to turn it into a business so that um, I don't feel bad taking money and not have to like right. tell the you know government. Yeah. And then also I needed, I wanted to get insurance because I didn't want someone to Just like walk through the yard and trip and then, you know, yeah. sue right. me. Because in your backyard. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So we went the legit route, you know, and I did all the things I was supposed to do. And I contacted my borough. I contacted the state. You know, I got a state uh, income tax number, you know, federally I needed to do stuff. And it was yeah. like a lot. And when I contacted the borough, they said, I said, do I need like a permit? And she's like, no, you just have to fill out this form. I'll, you know, here, I'll email it to you. Okay. And so I did. And then... <clears throat> I kept it on my way. You know, I, I booked it for Easter. We had the Easter bunny coming. I did like a fundraiser for yeah. a local search and rescue unit. And then the borough called and she was like, yeah, this is denied. And I said, oh, I thought I didn't need a permit. And yeah. she's like, well, you don't need a permit, but you do need permission. And I was like, mm, what? isn't that kind of the same thing? So, yeah, I couldn't have a business in the greenhouse. Okay. The rules in the borough was you can't have a business in an outside structure. If I had a attached garage and wanted to fix cars that would be okay. fine but if it was a detached garage you couldn't fix cars wow and so because the greenhouse was not attached to my home right. i couldn't have a business uh so yeah that sounds a little... what i've learned with mm. that is the whole ask for forgiveness instead of permission yeah right there you go yeah that's <laughs> because, exactly right like no one complained like none of my neighbors you know no one yeah. no one complained about me so i don't know if the borough would have ever really found out, found out um right. Because it's not like you're making noise. You're not playing exactly. loud music. It's not partying. Right. And you're obviously, just, yeah. I mean, the community loved it. I mean, we had so many people in Palmyra, you know, come and take pictures. And then I had someone um, send me a thing and she sent me a picture of her, this family. And they were all in their PJs standing in front of the greenhouse. And she said, I just wanted to let you know this is the last family photo that this family had. She said, she's my best friend. And she passed away three weeks after oh this photo. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Like, that's. It, my greenhouse is the last time last they have a family, family home photo. together, you know? And I was like... They'll have that forever. I mean, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. not that I, I didn't do anything, but it's just the idea that, right. like, that's going to be remembered, yeah. you know? And people... That's, it that's might be huge. important to some people. We had people bring their dogs, and uh, we had <laughs> one couple bring their cat in a crate, okay. and then they actually took the cat out and got pictures of the cat and yeah. for Christmas. Oh, that's great. I know. <laughs> um, so, anyway, but the borough said no. We were... I was very upset. Um, I believe because, it. And, it. It's your backyard. And, and yeah, it's like mine. Like, yeah. Who, who cares? Right. Like, I'm not hurting anybody. We have the parking and because I'm on an alley and I'm like, okay. Anyway. So they so, say no. So now 
like what so what's the next step then i mean so then i was basically yeah. selling so i decided to do cut flowers and what i do have as a yard you know and i was yeah. like well i have the greenhouse we'll kind of turn it into the whole flower thing um and so i started selling them to like the people who followed me on facebook on my group and yeah. you know so i would be like hey i have sunflowers and gladiolas does anyone want me to make you a bouquet and they'd be like yeah and then i would deliver them and then that kind of started it with the flower part of it um but again no one could come and pick them up i had to deliver deliver them, them. yeah so then i was like well i didn't want to just do like craft shows or something so that's when i was on um, instagram and i saw these people have flower trucks and i was like this is perfect um because it's a way of getting out there of spreading, yeah. you know, the joy of the flowers that people love, but also especially around Hershey, people love the antique cars, oh, right. you know, it's, it's really huge. popular. Oh, it's very popular in Hershey um, yeah. And my husband actually grew up in the antique car world. Um, his parents um, had an antique uh, 64 and a half Mustang and then oh, a wow. 56 Thunderbird. So they were definitely Ford people. Yeah. So when I brought this up to my husband, he was like, Hmm. So then he kind of started looking. We both were looking and like, you know. Because now he's getting really interested. Before, yeah. It was kind of like a twinkle. Like, yeah. Mm, let's see. You but, sparked you know, his interest. Yeah, yeah. Especially when I said antique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. so I would send him pictures of like a Studebaker or like a Chevy. And he yeah. was like, if no. we're going to do this, it has to be a Ford. I, uh-huh. like, I figured, yep. <laughs> and then I would send him like a Ford, you know, a 60 something or whatever. And he was like, it has to be between a 53 and a 56. I was like, since wow. He's so got it narrowed specific? down. Yeah. I know. Yeah. He really knew what he wanted, you know. So we ended up finding the red truck on Facebook Marketplace of all places. Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> yeah. what? Uh, okay. It was a '53, yeah. and it's a Ford F100. Um, so it was the last year before they started making um, 150s. Okay. And yeah, Facebook Marketplace. Was it local? Where do you no, have to go? No, it was in New York. But it's interesting because my husband, or no, my son, goes up to college in New York, so okay. it's like an, an hour away from him. So we kind of um, went. You know, kind of let's look at the truck and go visit, you know, my yeah. son. So my, my husband did that and it worked out, you know, the, it, he wasn't asking, you know, crazy amount of money for it. And it wasn't dry. You know, we didn't really do anything to it. Let's put it that way. That's what I was going to ask. Was yeah. it a little beat up? Was it rusty or it was pretty good? It does need a new paint job, but because we're not showing it, you know, it doesn't need to be show quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and people are around it all the time. Um, so we're not worried so much about the paint right now. Makes sense. And honestly, you have to really look close to, to know that it needs, yeah. you know, paint job. So the paint, the paint that's on it now is what you bought it at? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I wanted a blue yeah. truck. I like that blue look um, because okay. um, if you see like my Palmyra Greenhouse logo, it's the blue door because I have a, a, yes, a I saw blue that. door. I did, yeah. And so I thought, well, that would look cute with the blue truck, with the blue door and stick with the whole aqua blue look right. thing. But that red pops. Yeah. It looks really good. I thought that was painted. And I just saw it through the, the doors and we'll get a picture of it then. But I'm like, oh, it looks repainted. It looks really nice. But that's how it, how it yeah. came. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's an original. Wow. It's the original Ford red color, which is kind of looks like a tomato red. It's like a little bit more orangey, yeah. reddy. But my husband is very particular about wheels and tires, which is interesting because it's the last thing I'll look at on a car. So he, the first thing we did was get new tires. Um, it, they had white wall tires on it, but he thought that the white on the white walls needed to be thicker. Okay. <laughs> the little thing. So really. And then yeah. he didn't like the hubcaps. And so we got new hubcaps. Okay. Um, and then the bumpers. Um, again, this was all just cosmetic. Nothing needed, you know. So nothing um, too major. Yeah. Yeah. And what I didn't know. So when you have an antique car, you can get antique plates. Um, but there are so many rules with antique plates. You can only drive it once a week. You can't have anyone in the car with you can drive it like not in dark. So it has to be like between, you know, dawn and dusk. You you can't drive it at night. A lot of restrictions. So that meant we had to get it inspected for make sure it was like road quality. So that was kind of scary. We were like, Oh, what else? You know, because it's, it's original engine, you know? And so we were like, you know, but it did pass inspection, just needed new mufflers has two of them so we just got that and then yeah it passed yeah. so now we can drive it whenever nice oh that's yeah. perfect i mean mm-hmm. that's huge because if you can only drive it once a week or right after certain hours <laughs> like what's the point you know right. uh at that point yeah that's you just put it in a garage and it's like a showpiece for your friends when they come over so how did the name rosie come about i think mostly because it's red you know yeah. um and i'm selling flowers but it's funny because my mother-in-law pat's mom's name is rose 
and everyone calls her Rose. Um, but my father-in-law, he's since passed also, but he always called her Rosie, like oh, as okay. a, as a name. That's awesome. And yeah. I was like, well, we're not really naming after my mother-in-law, but like, yeah. would she be offended if we called it that? And that's her name with her husband. You know what I mean? Like we just, right, um, so shame. we did ask for permission before yeah. <laughs> taking it fully, you know, that her name's Rosie. So yeah, it's mostly because she's red. Um, and, you know, red roses. So. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. It mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So now what are all the services you offer? With the truck, we do um, what I call pop-ups. So I'll go to local businesses and stand, you know, park out front usually and sell flowers. People can come and buy basically stems of flowers. So you can spend $5 and get, you know, two or three stems, or you can spend $50 and get a huge bouquet to yeah. take home to, you know, as a gift or to put on your own um, table. That's what I pretty much do with the truck. And last year I did 70 pop-ups. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I did over like 700 miles on Rosie on just Ooh. the pop-ups. Yeah. yeah. People really like that. You know, I think the businesses that I go to really like it because it, it is a showstopper. I mean, oh, people will stop just it. because of the, the truck. They're um, curious. It, yeah. Because yeah. the truck's pretty, but also, I mean, it's a truck selling flowers. Like, mm-hmm. you know, cool. Yeah. That's what I do with her, basically. I do take her to some workshops also. So I do workshops um, where, again, people can buy a ticket to... I basically teach them how to make a flower arrangement. Oh, okay. And then they can come out to the truck and pick whatever flowers they want and, you know. Make it beautiful. Yeah. Right. And use my tips that I gave them to to make that. I also do like wreath workshops in the wintertime, but that's not with the truck. She's not great with um, heat. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a little (laughs) cold. It's a little cold. It's a little cold. Uh, Yeah. And obviously the flowers in the back of the car truck doesn't doesn't work doesn't go too well no in this winter time so well one thing i want to hit on because i saw on your social media recently you'd posted about proper flower care and i didn't know this but in in the house you want to keep it in keep your flowers in a cool area and keep them out of direct sunlight which i always thought you wanted your your flowers in again this is just me not knowing but right is that you can talk a little bit about that yeah Like, like okay so let's say you know it's it's valentine's day or your wife's birthday or anniversary and you know you're a guy you're like okay i want to get her flowers and you know she'll appreciate it this and that but you know it seems like sometimes they just die so quickly so how how can you get them to, to live longer right yeah. well i i pride myself on um having very fresh flowers um so i i have a high turnover rate i think because you know i do these events every weekend um but then also i'm also a florist outside of the flower truck pop-up so i have a website people can go on and order flowers or a lot of people just message me on facebook or send me an email like hey or call me and they'll be like you know do you do uh funerals do you do weddings do you you know i've done it all so I pride myself on the flowers being super fresh. So that's um, one thing because flowers aren't cheap. I want people to really be able to enjoy them um, for a long time. But part of that is, yes, you need to take care of them. So when they come to me, um, I put them like basically in like a sleeve. And then I always tell them, cut the edges again when you get home because the air kind of seals up the bottom. Okay. And so you want to cut them before you put them back into water so that they can continue to suck up the water. And I also always include flower food on the back of the paper. And you want that in your water. And it just helps, again, the last long. But yeah, once you have it at home, you don't want them in direct sunlight. They grow well in direct, in direct sunlight, but yeah. they don't... Um, so once they're cut. Yes, once they're cut, you don't want okay. them to continue to mature fast, if gotcha. that makes sense. Okay. And it's interesting because different flowers, like a tulip, for instance, it's in, like it will always search for the light. So it will oh, sometimes wow. stretch towards the light. And then in, when it's bright, the, the tulip will open real big. And then at nighttime, it'll close again. So tulips are always changing. I didn't know that. Whereas like a rose doesn't open and close again and it doesn't stretch yeah. for the light, just stays how it is. So yes, um, you want to keep your water clean. You want to keep leaves out of the water because that can create bacteria. Okay. And then... You, yes, you don't want them hot either. So don't put them like in front of a heat vent. Yeah. Um, an air conditioning vent's okay because um, it's cool, but still like the wind, you know, the wind, whatever, the air movement right. isn't always isn't great good for either. Them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Never knew that. Never knew. I just thought, okay, it's cut, throw them in some water and, and you're good to go. Yeah. But uh, so the between the food, that's the, like the little nutrient package you, you give with all your flowers. Right. Um, keep them in a cool room <laughs> and away from any kind of vents. Okay. Or airflow. All right. <laughs> Learning something new. That's awesome. These events that you do and the flowers. So it all started in your backyard. 
you just planting some sunflower seeds, getting mad at some squirrels. I mean, that's like the origin story here. Right. Now it sounds like you've grown to, you know, you still grow some in your greenhouse, but you get some imported in from other local. I do. Other local. Yeah. Um, well, during Green the house? summertime, there are other flower farmers, we're called, people who... Flower farmers. Who, yeah. Okay. Um, and that's kind of how I started, was, you know, f- farming my own flowers. But it's, again, just in my backyard in downtown. I mean, it's not yeah. like I have yeah. a lot of land. And I do, like, I'm my tulips are coming up when I planted 1,200 tulip bulbs. And so, you know, I'll be selling wow. those tulips, but that won't last me all but a couple of weeks. And then I plant my own sunflowers. I've learned how to keep the squirrels away. And then um, a BB gun. Other, no, yeah, <laughs> other things I, you know, grow in my tiny backyard. Um, but the other things I have become friends with other fl- flower farmers. So there's one um, out well here in Lebanon that I'll text her like, "Hey, what what do you have a lot of this week?" She is great. She has great things. They're nice long stems, and you know, yeah. she gives me a good deal, and I sell. So I try to support other local That's when awesome. I can. Yeah. But you know, Pennsylvania, there's nothing growing in the winter time so i do also wholesale and there's a wholesaler down in york so i'll go online and, and buy and then they deliver overnight and i've become friends with the, <laughs> the guy who delivers overnight and he'll text me i'll be there around whatever time and sometimes it's nine o'clock at night um and i'm still awake and i'll put him in my cooler or like last week he texted and said you're my last stop i won't be there till 4 a.m and so i said yeah i was like wow. just put him on the porch and i'll get him when i get up at six you know makes sense um but yeah. Again, if it's really, really cold, they can't freeze. Um, so yeah. if it's, you know, he'll text me, be like, hey, they're here. Make sure you, you know, you grab them right. so that they're not. When they ship to me, they're not in water. So they're not yeah. like terribly finicky, but yet they kind of are. I mean, you want to make sure, you know, like I keep them in a dark room and a cooler, basically. Oh, it is a cooler. But it's, you know, dark and cold so that when people get it, you know, it's less long for them and they can enjoy it. Yeah. So. You want to make sure that, you know, I strip up the leaves and I make sure that I'm doing what I need to do on my end so other people right. yeah, can enjoy them longer. What would you say separates you from other florists? Like, uh, comes to my mind is, uh, you know, Roy's Flower Shop. They've been in Lebanon for years. They're a larger corporation, family-owned. Uh, but yet, <clears throat> sounds like you're, it's more of a niche what you're doing. Like, what would you say separates you from some of the others out there? I mean, Rosie, for one. <laughs> let's, right. Let's just yeah. say, get that out there. I never make the same thing twice, which is good and bad. Um, I feel like it's it's good because, you know, not – like when you go on to 1-800-Flowers or Royers or wherever, you know, you're like, oh, my mother-in-law would really love that. That's yellow and purple, and I'm going to click the button and send it to her. You know what she's getting. Cookie people, cutter. Cookie exactly. cutter. Like. But people – they don't know what they're getting when they order from me. Now, I do, I'm very active on social media and I post a lot of my things. And so I think people have gotten like my style. Okay. Um, and so they enjoy they appreciate or they that. know yeah. that I'm going to do something nice for them. But it's not necessarily like they don't know what they're getting. I don't know what they're getting yeah. until I open my cooler <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this, you know, I'll do this, this and this. Now for Valentine's Day, it was a little different. I did do, you know obviously the 12 dozen roses you can't really change that up a whole right. lot um, traditional yeah right but you know i did a lot of mixed arrangement too for valentine's day and again every single one was different and i did 60 of them as what i, oh, wow. I counted on um, yeah. that that wasn't including like the roses um and then we also just did like wrapped things without being in a vase so 60 different designs that came out of my head you know that i yeah put in um, so this is a creative outlet for you also. Oh, most definitely. Huge creative yeah. outlet. Mm-hmm. And is this um, a full-time job? Like when you say you made 60, is it is it just you or is your husband? Like who helps? It it has become more of a full-time job, although I do have a full-time job on outside of Rosie oh, wow. and the florist part of it. So yeah, I'm, I'm busy. There's a lot of late nights and there's a lot of early mornings. And when I deliver, you know, I always have to say, is it okay if I deliver after five? Because I work, right. you know. So for Valentine's Day, my mom helped. Um, So years ago, she owned a flower shop with her sister. And so she knows about flowers. And actually, her and I did my wedding flowers. Now, they were fake. But, you know, so we know about design. You know, we're both very kind of artsy and crafty. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she came over and helped for Valentine's Day. And I took off from my real job. Um, Makes sense. Valentine's Day was a Tuesday. I took off Monday and Tuesday from my real job so that I had the time to deliver and to, you know, help right. and, you know, design and all that stuff. But yes, and then 
I'm really busy in prom and homecoming also because of, you know, all the corsages and boutonnieres and stuff. Right. And last year, my mom, um, last October, um, she came over and helped again with all the boutonnieres and corsages okay. and stuff. So, yes, I do have help with that, but not, like, everyday help. My husband helps, like, build me things. Like, mm-hmm. he just built my walk-on cooler. It just got finished um, Monday. So that was – that's, you know, neat. We got to – yeah, he's super handy, which is – obviously, he built the greenhouse. Shout so, out to Patrick. Yeah, right. Shout out to Patrick coming he's, through. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, he's amazing. And occasionally, like, if I'm up to, like, midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning, he'll come out and help me, like, prep the flowers. Because there's a lot that goes into when they come to me. Yeah. I have to, you know, take off the dead leaves and, you know, put them in water and cut all the edges again, just like I tell people to do. Right. Um, you know, when I have 13 boxes of flowers, that's that's, that's a, lot a lot of cutting. Occasionally he helps, um, but most of it is me. And honestly, I I love it. You know, I put on my Pandora and I, you know, just, you know, listen to music. And sometimes I sing out loud and no one wants to hear that. Um, So I'm fine (laughs) with being alone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so like, what would you say motivates you to, to do this? As far as the flower part goes, I think my favorite part of the florist aspect is delivering the flowers to people and seeing the surprise and and the joy that they have yeah. when they get a, a delivery. That's my favorite. You know, so basically flowers just bring people happiness. Whether you're buying them for yourself or you're buying them for a gift, when people are walking around the truck, you know, oh, my mom used to grow this in her yard or Memories. my grandmother had yeah. this or, oh, my mom loves purple. I'm going to buy her. the. I mean, it's it's, it's never negative. You know, right. it's, all, it's just positive. And every weekend when I'm done doing my pop-ups, I'm like, wow, that was fun. You know, it was yeah. you, you see and you, you deliver joy and we need more of that. Oh, we need for, sure, for sure. So, yes, I'm enjoying that part immensely. That's so rewarding. You're bringing smiles to people really is what right. you're doing. You brought two items, and then, of course, Rosie's out front, which we'll get some pictures of. Uh, what did you bring? Can you tell us a little bit about the items? I brought a rose. I don't want to say roses are my favorite, but I, it was you know, a flower that I know would last really well outside of water. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I brought it. Um, so it's a, a nice, colorful rose. And then I brought a greenhouse that actually it's a Christmas ornament or a Christmas thing. It lights up. It's a greenhouse for you know that's for Christmas. And obviously... That's how it all started for me. You know, this actually was on sale at Walmart like last year. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've got to have it. Now, it doesn't really look anything like my greenhouse. I was this, ask. Yeah, this is green and mine's white. But you know, it has a Christmas tree in it. And again, that's just kind of feel like how it all started, you know, with the yeah. Christmas and, and just kind of took off. And then for, I don't know if I mentioned this with Rosie, we decorate her for Christmas also. And I rented her out this year for photos. So we parked it like at a local farms, you know, had Christmas trees in it. I went to desserts, et cetera. Oh, and yeah, they yeah. had a, um, they had a Santa Claus and we put Santa in the back and the kids could come and, you oh, that's know, great. and, and um, take pictures with Santa in, in the truck. So yeah, anything has to do with Christmas. I'm all yeah. about that also. So. so the passion of Christmas mixed with some squirrels attacking the sunflowers, you know, has, and now I have a truck. Has, I mean, <laughs> I have a truck that you got from New York. It sounds like Patrick might have to do some painting, maybe if we want to get that green feel. But wow. Okay. Yeah. So That's what I said. To, I tell people it. It just happened by accident, you know. Yeah. And you know, COVID did a lot of bad things, but for this, I'm like, well, you know, it was perfect a, it was time a good to try thing, something you know? new. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you did. Right. And so social media is like, I, I think you're taking off. I think you have quite a lot of traction, which is great. Yeah, um, it's interesting because I don't do a lot on Instagram. I don't have a lot of followers. I don't get a lot of traction. Uh, and I don't know why. Um, so Instagram is like, I mean, I go on. Um, mm-hmm. I've tried the TikTok thing. Did you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have to too, look them I'm up. I'm too old. Oh, on, I don't know anything. Fun, like, you know, the yeah. whole adding music and uh, making the... Uh, I'm not good. Anyway, uh, but I'm there. And I, okay. and I try occasionally. I do a lot on Facebook. I think probably because like the people who come to me are my about my age, you know, yeah. we all kind of stay on Facebook. <laughs> right, right. And, you know? Parents, maybe, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Understood. So now yeah. what are um what are the handles for all the listeners out there? Um, how can they follow along? How can they place an order for some of your flowers and how can they um, find out about events and things like that? I do have a website and I keep I try to keep my events. Um, I have a handle up top that says flower truck events. And then there's also a thing that says ticketed events. Um, so like I'm doing a lot of things for Mother's Day. It's another big one that's coming up. So anyway, palmyra-greenhouse.com okay. is, is my website. And then on um, Instagram, it's palmyra underscore greenhouse. 
And then Facebook is just Palmyra Greenhouse. Now, there is another Palmyra Greenhouse, which I what? found. I know, but it's in Illinois. And it's on Palmyra Road. Oh. I know. Okay. So you do kind of have to, when you put in Palmyra Greenhouse, make sure you see the little greenhouse or picture Rosie on there and not the one in Illinois. <laughs> yeah. You don't want, not the one in Illinois, people. It's the one with Rosie the red. I'm trail. a little more fun you yeah. know, with the things I right. post. Yeah, yeah. We keep it. Lo- right. Yeah. Keep yeah. it local. And I, there is an event page on Facebook. And okay. a lot of my events go on there also. Perfect. Um, so people can find out, you know, I have things already scheduled. Actually, I just scheduled another one last night um, yeah. for the first day of spring. So hopefully, oh, cool. hopefully it won't be too cold or windy. And we're going to be out at um, in Hummelstown at Cubby's Ice Cream. Okay. Yeah, with the truck for the first time this year. Awesome. Uh, so, Jessica, before we close out, is there anything else that you'd like the listeners to know? I, because I'm not busy enough <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with seriously. two full-time jobs, um, I am writing a children's book. So that kind of came up, well, I don't even know. It was like a dream almost. I woke up in the morning one day and I was like, I'm going to write a book about Rosie. So I found a publisher. She's local. And so she's helping me through this whole process of writing a book. So um, as of now, it's probably going to be called like Rosie the Flower Truck. Yeah. friends or something like that okay um but yeah it's basically i don't want to say a true story because you know trucks don't talk in my story she does but you know it's about finding her and her being lonely and then you know yeah. turning into this magical flower truck but there's also some strength in there so i have her oh i'm excited being able to you know do things that other yeah boy cars couldn't do oh all right i like it oh very cool very cool mixing so, both passions in there so, perfect yeah. yeah exactly and this is uh when will this come out? Do you have a r- rough year? What? Well, we're hoping by Christmas. Oh, so this year. This year. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. The, so okay. the story is done. I um, mean, obviously, there's going to be tweaking here and there. Um, so now we're on to the illustration part. Yeah. Um, and then it has to be printed and all that stuff. Very so cool. we're hoping by Christmas time so that, you know, we can get that out for these kids that okay. have, you know, get books for Christmas. Um, and I'll be having a, like, a book launch party, hopefully, like, October, November time open to the public and stuff so yeah that'll, that'll be fun oh that'll so, be awesome you'll be on my invite list oh great oh thank you i'd love to i was just gonna ask yeah. i was gonna say you have to come back once the book is out and i'd love to see it and then we can uh, we can do another we can do another yeah. episode and you know dive deeper into the book maybe maybe i don't know it might be a stretch but maybe if patrick wants to join us i do have another mic you know we could get his take on all this yeah that could be interesting as well um, he doesn't talk a whole lot does he <laughs> I do the talking. You do the talking. That's right. All right. Well, I tried, Patrick. Maybe, you know, the the mic's always open if you want to come. Well, great. Jessica, no. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, I'm going to wrap it up. Jessica Malloy on the American Grown Podcast and the Colortech Creative Solutions Studios. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Great job. To see photos of today's guests and more content, just search American Grown Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, please direct message or email Austin at americangrownpod at gmail.com.